we've actually had a ranch. My family's had a ranch in southwest Colorado for, gosh, I guess 20 years now, over 20 years. Time gets away from me. But uh, my grandfather, how he made his living, he used to come out with uh, a logging crew from southeast Oklahoma, and they would log in this area. And my dad and I were fortunate enough to uh, to buy a ranch that was very close to uh, to that ground that they used to log. Uh, it's up near uh, Lone Cone, uh, the Lone Cone Mountain region, which is right at 10,000 feet where our cabin sits. And uh, it's a, a very special place to me, just like southeast Oklahoma. It's uh uh, I may have to <laughs> divide my body up, but part of it be in uh, Oklahoma <laughs> and part of it in Colorado when oh, I die because uh, it's uh, it's something that uh, when I talk about a lot of times I, I get a little misty eyed because it, it does mean so much to me. You know, I, I'm always uh, chasing the elk in, in mid to late September with a bow and arrow, and, and uh, there's just uh, there's just something spiritual about that experience in the uh, the mountains of southwestern Colorado. But uh, that's that's uh, why you're uh, that's why you find me uh, talking to you today in, in Colorado and then also uh, we do business in this part of the world uh, naturally because uh, of our roots here and uh, mm-hmm. we'll uh, head out next uh, next week in New Mexico and uh, in Colorado where schools have uh, you know they're starting to get kicked off and uh, yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be an exciting year. I know we had a lot of uh, a lot of FFA members, a lot of our customers watching summer camp. So uh, this will be <laughs> this will be somewhat bittersweet. I'll have to talk about the show, and I'll have to talk about my banishment, why I got rid of Mike, <laughs> and why I couldn't figure out puzzles. But uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Right, right. Well, I mean, if you if you ever get tired of repeating the same story over and over again, you can always say, hey, just just. Just listen to my conversation with Mark Brill again, and that'll tell you everything. So, so I don't have to keep saying it over and over again. That's right. Yeah, I, uh, uh, you know, I've, I've, I know it's just it's part of the, the the territory. You know, when you go out and you do something like this, and uh, you don't, you're not on the uh, winning end of the stick, then uh, you know you just you gotta you gotta tell your story. And uh, I feel like mine's kind of a unique twist. I, I never knew. Uh, you know, a high-powered cough syrup would probably kick me in the butt, but uh, I, I honestly think this is <laughs> that's what got me on this round. So, uh, yep. you know, in, in regards to summer camp, uh, it's it's easy to have hard feelings, but uh, I truly I, I don't. I mean, those guys uh, feel like everyone on everyone there, uh, whether it be man or woman. Uh, they uh, they all had such unique qualities and you know personalities to them, and it was just a a pleasure getting to know uh, those folks. And I uh, feel like I've I've made some lifelong friends in the process. Uh, I do know that uh, you know, I've been talking to Mike Ward. As I mentioned, he's down in Austin. I'm going to uh, to try and get him involved with our business. Uh, I mean, he's got a lot. He's got a lot of uh, entrepreneurial ideas, and uh, so I feel like Mike and I, we uh, we haven't lost yet. We're uh, we're just we're just getting started, in uh, in our uh, you know our friendship. So it's uh, it's going to be fun to see how that develops. Great. Um, that all sounds good, and and. Yeah, speaking of the friendships you made, Lauren, Lauren and Chuck both mentioned that 
uh, that they'd been inviting been invited to your wedding, which unfortunately they can't attend. But but congratulations. Has it happened yet? Yes, it uh, it actually happened. That was another thing that I, I was losing a little sleep over because at the time my fiance she was uh, uh, she I hadn't booked a honeymoon yet the uh-huh. night before. That was well, I mean the next morning I was on a plane to Los Angeles and that night whenever I revealed to her, hey honey, the honeymoon's not booked. Um, here's a budget. Try to stay within it. She uh, she was a little upset over that, <laughs> so she. Uh, um, we we didn't we didn't part ways I guess on the on the best of uh, terms because you know she was upset with me and I was uh, I was to be honest with you I was just wore out already yeah. when I, you know when I left but yeah. uh, we did uh, get married I know she's been watching every show uh, she's dissected I think every frame to make sure <laughs> that you know there was nothing um, hanky panky involved with O Justin because she <laughs> she said. Uh, in Oklahoma, six months before you can you can still get them married and all. So uh, she, she she did give me trouble with uh, a beautiful redhead being on my shoulders in the pool. Oh, and I think she just barely caught the. If I hadn't been wearing that goofy cutout hat that I, I loaned Chuck, she uh, she wouldn't have known it was me. But I tried to blame it on Chuck, but she didn't buy that. <laughs> and uh, and so she's uh, she's had fun watching the show. But yes, we are happily married and. She's uh, she's glad summer camp is over with, but uh, but yes, uh, I did invite uh, I invited several folks to the wedding. I know whenever uh, you know as I, I was saying my goodbyes, I said you guys uh, be sure to make it to Southeast Oklahoma if you can. Yeah, so you might have to wear your bulletproof vest while you're there, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be it'll be an exciting wedding nonetheless. Yeah. Okay, Mark. I'm glad that uh, you reminded me of uh, of our, our time at summer camp. And one thing I, f- I did forget to mention that hasn't made the show yet, and it should have been around episode three. But uh, we had a mouse in our cabin over at Eagle Cabin. <laughs> right. which there's probably mice in every cabin. I know there was some over at the girls. But uh, Kyle discovers this mouse and is fairly uncomfortable with the situation because he, he seems to, you know, he wanted to hang out in his closet. And so, <laughs> um, Kyle, he names the mouse Chester. And, uh, when he'd see Chester, everybody knew it because there was usually some, <laughs> some loud screens and explosives that were taking place. But, uh, I finally, I, yeah, I said, uh, Hey man, you won't catch that mouse. And he said, I'd love nothing more than nothing more than anything to catch Chester. And so back home, we've always had a little uh, inexpensive mouse trap that uh, you can catch a lot of them in, uh, you know, in one shot, and that's using a five-gallon bucket. You uh, you take the, uh, where the handle goes through, there's already some pre-gilled holes there, and you uh, take a stiff wire, run it through a plastic bottle, say so a 16-ounce pop bottle, water bottle, Leave the cap on it and drill through that hole at the, uh, you know, the the mouth cap, uh-huh. and then you put some type of attractant. And peanut butter works best, I find, just because it adheres good to the uh, to the bottle. And you fill that bucket up about two thirds of water, and the mouse will go out, go to the peanut butter. His weight spins him on the bottle, 
she falls in, and uh, usually that's all she wrote for poor little mouse. And so we, I give them this idea. We were able to find enough raw materials laying around that we, we actually had a mouse trap that Kyle decorated, you know, so <laughs> eloquently. He had the Chester catcher, and I think it said, you know, peace out, Kyle, or something like that. And <laughs> the night of the prom, we had this all set, ready to go. I know uh, Moses was very instrumental in, in helping put this together. But, you know, I, I gave them the idea and they, the ideas and the tools, and they all put it together. And that night after the prom, I came in, and uh, I remember I was hanging up my jacket, and Kyle came over, and he goes, oh, my gosh, we caught Chester. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Because, you know, I thought with all the activity, the lights, the cameras, all of that, Right. That mouse was probably not going to come out right. um, anytime soon, and especially with something such as that contraption. I mean, usually I set it in a barn or a shop, and you know where it's fairly dark and and quiet. But uh, they caught Chester that night, and I think we found the predator within Kyle because he is <laughs> he he was ready to trap more mice. He was like, I'm ready to get them. <laughs> let's go to wherever wherever there's a mouse hunting and I'm ready to buy a license so uh, I was uh, I was proud for Kyle I was glad uh, that he uh, he got a little taste of uh, you know kind of what I'm about as far as being an outdoorsman being a trapper being a hunter um, it's it's all with it. it's all in us uh, it's just got to come out and uh, he he, uh, he got a little taste of that at summer camp uh, so Chester died. Yeah, all the uh, sorry to all the uh, PETA folks out there, but no, Chester did not make it. Uh, they were going to release him in the wild, and I know that was told to me by some of the producers that you know Chester. He uh, he was released, went on out to uh, live a long, happy life with the uh, all the other Chesters out there uh-huh. at Big Bear. But uh, no, he. Um, he uh, he met his demise whenever he fell into uh, the the uh, bucket that uh, Kyle had uh, so decorated as the Chester catcher. And um, matter of fact, I think Moses built a little shrine for for Chester. But uh, no, no, that's uh, that's one mouse that uh, kind of like me did not survive summer camp. Uh, but uh, another thing I want to get on while, we're, while I'm thinking about fun stories is old Chuck. Yeah, we never could get Chuck to uh, entertain the idea of uh, dipping. Now I've not had a, uh, a dip of skull or tobacco ever since I was about seven, eight years old. I, uh, I just it was just one thing that I tried, and I thought that's not for me, and, that, and I like all my teeth, but. Uh, Cameron, I believe he he did dip a little skull, and uh, believe it or not, Kyle was up for trying that. And we were going to have this dip-off between Kyle and Chuck. And to my knowledge, unless this took place after I I exited the mountain, um, Chuck never did entertain that. So we may need to see uh, our old buddy Chuck take a little uh, pinch between uh, his uh, cheek and gum one of these days i mean i don't know chuck and i talked about that and and the answer is no no he never he never did dip um and i'm i'm with him for that i live with three army guys and two of them 
Two of them do chew dip, and it's just, God, it's the most disgusting thing. And Chuck being an actor, he wants to keep his teeth looking all right. He doesn't need that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm, I'm with Chuck on that. I just, uh, I thought it would have been a great comedic value to see him at least attempt it one time. And I was a little surprised because Chuck uh, is a guy that usually doesn't back down from challenges. I, I found that right off the bat. And so it, it did shock me a little bit, but maybe he just felt like, you know, he may have this addictive personality and he thought he might uh, be hooked from this point forward. But, uh, no, I do not advocate uh, the use of tobacco products in any form or fashion, <laughs> but uh, it was uh, it was pretty funny watching Kyle uh, learn how to, to spit right. <laughs> a big uh, dip of snuff between his lips. But uh, anyway, no, I... Uh, I'm I'm glad Chuck has uh, got all of his teeth, and you know it's that's one thing uh, you only get one set of, and then after that it's uh, you got got to make sure you've got a good uh, adhesive to keep your uh, parcels in. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I I think the answer to whether he has an addictive personality or not, I'm not really sure about that. But he just, I mean, you know, we're both fairly young we're both 25 we grow up with all the all the advertisements and whatever is saying you know don't don't do anything with don't just no nothing don't put anything like that in your mouth ever so that just that just sticks i was i I mean this was this is totally a joke of course but i was when um Lauren was like, oh, yeah, just invited me to his wedding. And then Chuck and Chuck said, oh, he invited me to his wedding. I was just like, well, I didn't get an invitation. <laughs> you, you know, so you were saying that about you? Yeah. Well, no, I didn't know you at the time. I know, I know, I know. But... I've had somebody from Long Island come to Southeast Oklahoma because you'd, you'd be in for a culture shock for sure. Um but uh, but yeah, you know, and that's how I kind of felt about that that crew. Is just uh, yeah, I mean, when you when you experience something like that, um, you know, you're not going to forget those folks. Yeah. And uh, and so I just you know that was going to be a special part of my life, and uh, I definitely wanted them to have the opportunity to come. And yeah. I, I gave them all a. Uh, I didn't have invitations, but I had a, a picture of me and a all this big grizzly bear that I killed with a bow and arrow. Uh, <laughs> had my, you know, phone number and, and uh, email and said, if uh, you want to come, give me a call. I'll have to get you on the list because we, uh, we had security at our wedding right. because of everything going on, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, it had to be on the list, get through the gate. Well, um, well I'm glad you, you touched on the grizzly bear thing because I was wondering in your... Well, maybe it's your promo. I forget exactly. No, it was in the beginning when you were talking about watch out for the ladies that you tangled with grizzly bears, and I was thinking, is that? What do you? What do you think? So, so that's totally legit. That's awesome. Ask Chuck. I gave him a picture of it. I'm actually looking at him right now. He uh, he stands nine foot six inches, and uh, I shot him up near uh, uh, Kodiak Island in Alaska, north of Kodiak. But uh, yeah, that happened in uh, the spring of '09. I I'm actually this is this is gonna speak to your culture shock question. I don't I don't uh, 
I don't see Chuck on a regular basis. Um, I talk to him at this point at least weekly because of the recaps. Uh, but I am currently, and for the last two years, have been located in, in Manhattan, Kansas. You're in Manhattan, Kansas. Yes, sir. I need to say about that, you need to start deer hunting because Kansas is the land of giants. I mean, they've got some toads up in the uh, Oz State. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you need to start deer hunting, Mark. Um, that's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, boy. I mean, we, my relationship with deer, when I grew up on Long Island, they're just overpopulated in that place. And I've, I've, I'm sorry, Justin. I, I love that you hunt with a bow and arrow, especially. Um, and if there had been an archery challenge on, on the show, I know you would have kicked ass, but I am not a hunter. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, they are good to eat, though. And, uh, and the reason they're overpopulated in Long Island, you just, they need to hunt more. There needs to be more, uh, more of a deer season, and you will, uh, you'll solve that problem. But uh, I can assure you that uh, Kansas, the population's doing well, but there's not too many of them because there's guys like me that spend their hard-earned money every year to uh, to go to that state and you know all the all the other states uh, that uh, have a good whitetail population or, or hunting for hunting as in general. I mean, you know the uh, the hunters are probably the best conservationists out there, simply because. You know, I mean, what we're doing is for the uh, betterment of the environment, and plus, uh, you know, our dollars that, you know, those ta- the uh, tags in Kansas. I know they're two hundred fifty, three hundred dollars for a non-resident. Sure. And that all goes back into uh, you know habitat restoration, um, things that uh, allow the you know people to uh, to enjoy the wildlife. So yep. um, that and, and one other thing that a lot of people don't think about. Is the uh, you know I know and I'm I'm involved with this with my my hunting uh, travels is that when I'm like in Illinois or Kansas and you know my freezers are full back home I'm I'm donating that deer or that elk to uh, you know homeless shelters uh, uh, feed the hungry uh, so you know hunters do a great job in that respect that a lot of times goes unnoticed. Certainly in some places there's a stigma for that, so I'm glad that that you gave us a, a new perspective. I had a lot of people wanting me to get rid of Chuck simply because they felt like he was a trained actor and he was, uh, he couldn't be trusted. But I never felt that. I mean, Chuck and I had a lot of opportunities to to talk uh, not only about the game and strategy but just about life in general and you know being in the uh, profession that I'm in as far as sales uh, you, you learn to read people yeah. and he's one that I, I don't think I was wrong uh, I know I wasn't wrong I mean, yeah. he is a, a genuine guy and uh, you know, I just, uh, as long as I was in a leadership role, I would have never gotten rid of Chuck. I knew he was too valuable, and I knew that uh, his loyalty remained with the team. And even though he and Melinda, it seemed to, you know, they were kind of getting cozy, especially after uh, our little uh, social dance that we had, um, 
I knew he wasn't going to be persuaded, <laughs> even oh, though yeah. uh, Melinda had some uh, pretty sexy moves that uh, old Chuck was going to stay through blue and through. So uh, uh, I was uh, I was proud to, uh, to get to play the game with Chuck and get to know him and, and call him a, a friend. So in a sense, so in a sense, I mean, you, even though you had your core four, there was this also other core two. <laughs> That's right. Um, it was kind of an unspoken uh, pact with Chuck and I, because I just felt like Chuck, and, and Chuck never said that to me, but he was always asking me, you know, uh, what I thought. And, you know, and I knew that Chuck was a deep thinker. And with, you know, with him, I, I, and I didn't feel like he was just, you know, trying to get information out of me that he might be able to use uh uh, negatively towards me later on, I just felt like it was a, a genuine um, respect that he had for me and in turn I had for him as a result. And especially after seeing his performance um, with the uh, the S'mores Challenge, I knew he was going to be a summer camp superstar uh, because yeah. this guy, he lives and breathes it. You know, I mean, I've been to a few ch- church camps in my life, but we'd never done anything like we were doing there. And uh, Chuck, uh, he was the Michael Jordan of, yep. uh, of summer camp, or he was up to, up to uh, the time I left. I, I don't know exactly how things play out after that, but mm. uh, no, uh, we uh, we did. We we kind of had that unspoken rule, and I, and I know he mentioned my name uh, and, and just purely on the uh, you know the bad the the, the puzzled. Uh, performance that I had, right. but uh, you know, somebody had to be put on the chopping block in that regard. I know he mentioned my name or Mikey B. Right. Um, I, I know he was very uh, nervous after the little episode at the lodge when he was talking to myself and Cameron. Oh yeah, about who should who should go home next, yeah. and you know, I, that whole thing, the way Moses handled that too. I mean now. Looking back, you know, Moses really didn't have, uh, I didn't feel like he had that right to come over there and basically stand up for Mikey, uh, you know, right. in that regard. Hey, we all talk about this. And, of course, Mikey, of all folks, after he had uh, went against the, the team as a whole, yeah, right, um, right. you know, maybe that's the reason he was feeling a little unsure of himself uh, <laughs> at that time. But, um yeah, I just didn't feel like it was Moses's place to uh, to come over there and basically put Chuck on the spot as he did, or or maybe all three of us. I know uh, I was very close to saying something to him, wasn't going to do it uh, to embarrassing, but uh, you know, it it uh, made Chuck think a little differently of uh, Moses as well. Yeah, uh, I do believe that. So. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I would say at this point, probably Chuck is the next potential victim for Moses's paranoia. Uh, yes, I, I would agree because, uh, I mean, he, I, I just think he was one of these guys. He was jumping to conclusions pretty fast. And, uh, you know, with, uh, what, what appeared to be a, uh, budding relationship between Melinda and Chuck, I'm sure that just 
know, after uh, that first episode, I know there were a lot of folks that they uh, they felt like that uh, Justin Jackson hadn't gotten out of Southeast Oklahoma much. But uh, that's, I mean, I've been all over the world, essentially. But, you know, with my comment towards Kyle and his lifestyle, right. uh, that is, I mean, that's that that's how I am. I mean, that's that's how I I was raised and, uh, you know, being a Christian, that's, that's what I believe. But what they didn't show was, I know a couple of weeks later that Kyle and I, I mean, we had, we had a great, uh, just, I mean, it's just he and I, a one-on-one visit, um, basically kind of, you know, his upbringing, um, my beliefs. And I think we really came to a, uh, I mean, he understood who I was and I told him that, you know what, I'd, I mean, I thought he's a great guy. I still think he's a great guy. And it's just, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm not a fan of that lifestyle. And, uh, you know, I, we, uh, we're, we're friends. And mm-hmm. with him proving his alliance to me when, when we were on the team and when it would have been so easy for him to have kind of jumped ship and, you know, basically bonded with the girls. I know Isis said in the very beginning, you know, maybe we can get Kyle over here because there's too much testosterone at the boys' camp. Um, He never wavered as far as I know, and I don't, I don't, uh, I I think uh, we'll find that out throughout the rest of summer camp, that he he stayed true to to the guys, and, and so, you know, that's the part I wish they would have shown because, you know, I know a lot of people, uh, they, they were looking at me, uh, in a negative light. Um, well, I mean, some folks looked at it in a positive light too, mm. just depending on what side of the fence you're on. But, uh, he, he and I, like I said, uh, we, we became friends and it was something that, you know, I don't think either one of us expected because I know he came to me that night and said, I just got to be honest with you. You were probably my biggest concern as right. far as someone that would accept me. And ultimately, um, I felt like, you know, he was, I mean, that's why he was part of our core four. He was because he was someone that I can trust and I did consider a friend. And, uh, you know, so, um, uh, Unfortunately, they didn't show that side of the coin, but uh, I just uh, I wanted to get that out there that uh, you know Kyle's a great guy. Uh, he he knows that he's probably not going to change my way of thinking, um, and uh, uh, he, he he may be ready to go go hunting this fall. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, it was uh, it was it was great meeting him and and everyone else. Yeah, well, I'm glad you said that because I mean I, I'm certainly glad you had that experience and and you know maybe this will do some good in in letting other people who maybe weren't so accepting to begin with realize that well if a you know homosexuality doesn't necessarily mean you can't perform in certain challenges or or whatever they're human just like the rest of us i can that's how i i uh i told kyle is that hey um as long as you you're you're true to this team, then I've got no no trouble, <laughs> you know, with with him whatsoever. And you know, when you saw Kyle, I know, like with the marshmallow challenge, you saw the anger yeah. in his face, the disgust in his face. He wasn't. I mean, that that wasn't acting. 
he was truly upset, you know. And I know whenever he was in the canoe, and the girls chose him because they thought he might be weak. Right. Uh, hey, hey, he became a beast out there, and he really didn't know where that came from. <laughs> he was like, I know my my friends back home will be shocked to see see me, you know, be this aggressive. But uh, you know, Kyle comes from a long line of uh, professional athletes, and he's definitely he's got that ability. But uh, first and foremost, Kyle has got heart, and that's the that's the thing that I admired about him the most. Yep. is that he's a great guy, uh, and when when he's your friend, he's your friend. You don't have to worry about it. So. That's right. thing that uh, was not shown as far as, you know, my plea to the girls to, you know, keep me in in action there at camp was I said to them, look, you've got the perfect opportunity to create division uh, back at the boys camp because I felt like Chuck, Kyle, um, Maybe Mikey B would probably come come with me. You know, I, I knew if yeah. they sent me back that it was going to be a whole new game versus sending Chris back because they just weren't – I mean, yeah, Chris was – they felt like Chris could, you know, cause maybe a distraction, but no one was listening to Chris. I mean, other than myself, I mean, I was I was taking what Chris had, had to say and, you know, putting that in, into my equation as far as what was going to be best for the team. But, right. uh, you know, I told them, I said, this, I mean, they had an opportunity with Mike Ward. Had they sent Mike back um, instead of Chris, there would have been, that would have been a game changer. Uh, and it would have been the same. I mean, they had their second opportunity with me because I can assure you I would have come in there with <laughs> both barrels loaded. Right. And the camo team would have been, they had been shaking in their boots, that's for <laughs> sure, because there was, uh, I mean, I was, you know, I mean, I, I was betrayed by what Cameron had told me. Hey, I give you my word. Uh, you know, you're a brother of the South, all of this. And so when that wasn't true, uh, I had a pretty good motivation to come back and divide that camp into, or, you know, and possibly have, have four uh, it, you know, I mean, it, it was just going to, uh, it was going to, going to rock the boat most definitely if they would have sent me back. So, uh, I wish, uh, wish they would have listened to me. I know Isis, she took, uh, she took a lot of that, uh, that, that advice and, and, you know, they were trying to stay true. And I think, I think maybe the majority of the girls wanted to keep me there. Uh, Michelle had trouble with me. Coming, uh, coming over simply because uh, she liked Mike, and she could not understand why I got rid of Mike, mm. and so she wanted to see me go, right. even though, you know, I uh, I was probably the closest thing she had to, you know, anybody from the South that was there. <laughs> uh, right. It was me. I mean, I I understand Louisiana better than than anybody there, where I spent a lot of time uh, in the in that great state, the Pelican State, but. Uh, she, uh, 
she wanted to get rid of me. I couldn't tell about Rachel. Rachel was just pretty much, uh, she just, she seemed like she had no, I think she had done too much yoga that morning because she, she didn't, she didn't, uh, have much expression at all. But, uh, and that was the thing, you know, when I was telling my, my story of why I was needing the money and, uh, and, you know, and I was, I was, it was a very heartfelt story as, as you know, yeah. um, those two girls did not shed a tear, and I thought, uh-oh, uh, they, I, they're, they're not a fan of Justin. And so maybe that was the case, because I know it was a you know, five-to-zero vote to uh, send me packing. But uh, uh, I do know that, you know, I felt like Lauren wanted to keep me around. And she said that to Cameron. Hey, don't, don't yep. send one of your stronger players, yep. especially Justin. She said that to him at the lake. Yep. And when she said, send Justin. Uh, never say never, right? Um, but, uh, you know, and I appreciate those girls that uh, was sympathetic to uh, to my story. I know it was a shock to them. And, I, you know, I didn't mean to to, to even bring that out, but it was uh, it was at the point, uh, you know, it's a, that's an emotional game. And they needed to know why I was there. I yep. wasn't there to become the next you know, talk show host or, you right. know, have a uh, a mansion in Malibu. Um, and it was, uh, I, w- I was there for a, a valid reason. Right. And, uh, and uh, you know, uh, it uh, it just didn't, it just didn't work out. And, uh, but I was honored, though, that they felt like I was uh, a threat and a strong player that, uh, that they would be, they would advance themselves down the line if they got rid of me. Yep. I mean, to, speaking to that, I know that, uh, I mean, this is kind of parroting the same conversation that Lauren and I had. She said that she was crying, and she's categorized as the mean girl of all things. Uh, you know, um, I, I, I just love Lauren. She, uh, she's a great girl. I know uh, she, she gravitated towards Cameron and I. She said, I just love guys from the South. And, yeah. you know, she liked to deer hunt. And so we, we had a lot in common. And, you know, her being categorized as the mean girl, I kind of laughed at that because I felt like she was uh, one of the sweetest girls on the team. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, I just I, I felt like I made a connection, honestly, with, with all of the girls in some, some form or fashion. I know Isis and I, um, when, I when I, I mean, I was blown away the first conversation that she and I had uh, and when she talked about her, her love of archery and that she was wow. looking at trying out for the Olympics in the near wow. future. I, that, that totally blew me away. Yeah. I was always cautious when I spoke with Isis because I know she is a, uh, she's, she's very polished. Uh, she's a, I mean, she's a talk show host, so she knows how to get information out of you, but it was just, our our visits were you know so wonderful. Uh, Brooke, she and I both were engaged at that time on the show, so mm-hmm. we had that in common. And uh, she just seemed like a very down to earth girl. Melinda, um, with uh, I mean everybody probably thought that we'd be the furthest thing from having anything in common. But you know we we talked a lot about on, honestly gun control. Uh, you know I know her uh, roommate was involved in the Aurora shooting. And, uh, oh, wow. you know, we talked about the, uh, the possibilities, Hey, if someone there had their concealed to carry and they could have possibly squelched that situation before it got worse, uh, as we all know that it did. 
Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I, I found her very engaging to talk to. As I mentioned earlier, Michelle and just, uh, you know, my history with Louisiana and I mean, good Cajun cooking. We were always talking about crawfish etouffee or gumbo or, <laughs> you know, uh, just things that uh, are pretty foreign to most everyone else. You right. know, we, we uh, had that common denominator. And then, believe it or not, Rachel and I, uh, just her kind of her holistic view on, you know, on healing and, you know, the reasons why she did yoga and eating good whole foods. Um, I'm all about that. Right. You know, I mean, I, I try to, you know, in my promo, I say 80% of the protein is something that I've either killed or caught. And it's the same way. I mean, with my, you know, the vegetables that I put on my table, I uh, usually, uh, it's something that that's come from my garden or, uh, things that we've gone out and, you know, harvested at local orchards. And, and, uh, so we connected in that respect. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, just it seemed like everybody there. I I, I found some common thread. Uh, I know with Erin, her love of country music. I got a visit. You know, I got a chance to visit with her, and uh, I'm a huge connoisseur, as you know, with yeah. my mentioning of George Jones right. earlier and his passing. That it, you know, it was, it, I mean, he was eighty eighty some years old, but it's still upsetting to me because he'd been a, a part of my life growing up. Um, and then with Megan, uh, same thing. She's a very talented uh, singer-songwriter, just like Aaron. And I, uh, I and they have uh, all my respect. So, you know, I uh, I really felt like when I went in there to, to make my plea with the girls to uh, keep me around, I felt like I had a pretty good, uh, pretty good shot at it. And to be honest with you, I was shocked when they sent me home because I thought, you, you know, you girls are, you, you know what you're doing. And this is your perfect opportunity to really, really change the game. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, next episode if uh, if they get that opportunity again. I mean, speaking to Lauren, she did say that at this point, as for for the Chris and just, I mean, Chris and Mike and Chris and you, they pretty much knew as soon as you walked in who they were gonna send home. Um, uh, and I, I believe the uh, the stone-facedness from some of the girls, Rachel and, and the others, can, comes from they just, they had made their decision and they just decided to shut their ears off and just turn to stone for that point. Yeah, yeah um, <laughs> you talk about uh, stone cold. I tried to get a uh, hug from Michelle and she didn't want to hug me. Uh, I was oh, like, geez. wow, I told her, I said, now look, your uh, ancestors from Louisiana is going to come out of the grave and get you <laughs> if you don't uh, if you don't hug me back. So uh, I, I forced that hug out of her, but uh, <laughs> that that in itself, just that response, um, I did feel a little uneasy. However, I was still somewhat confident. I felt like you know ISIS being a leader, Brooke being a leader, and then you know kind of that internal connection that I had with Lauren. I felt like that they would uh, possibly sway, and, and Melinda as well, because Melinda and I had spent quite a bit of time together. Uh, I know we took a uh, uh, unsupervised hike, if you will, that uh, mm-hmm. left one of the uh, assistants gasping for air. She was looking for us; she couldn't find us, and we just she just wanted to get get away. And I said, uh, "You remember the 
the old motto, let's ask for forgiveness instead of permission. Come all on, right. and we hiked up to one of the uh, one of the ridges to where we could see all throughout the uh, the valley, not too far from Big Bear. And it nice. was, uh, and, you know, and we saw. I think we saw the first sign of wildlife there at summer camp. We saw a mule deer on that hike, Great. and so um, you know, and the time that I had allotted it, it, with with being engaged, I mean, I had. You know, I had a different perspective with these girls. I wasn't looking to hook up. I was looking right. to, you know, I was playing the game, but I was also looking at, you know, just who these folks were and what they were made of and uh, getting to know them. And in case I ever was in that position of banishment, they couldn't say, you know what, he never came around. He was never, uh, you know, he wasn't visible. And uh, I think there was only one day possibly at camp, and it was when I was extremely sick. That it was when they were all doing yoga, and where Cameron could tell Moses was firstborn. What sex it would be? <laughs> um, right. I, I had to set out on that that uh, that little exercise simply because I was uh, I was there at the uh, cabin nursing my uh, my chest infection. So, right. so yeah, yeah. That's uh, what you said about uh, them having their mind made up before I came in. Um, I was I was just doing my best to change it. Yep, yep. Hey, all you campers out there, um, just uh, one word of advice: don't uh, take hydrocodone cough syrup before uh, being camp counselor or trying to solve a puzzle. Because if you do, you'll probably wind up uh, banished just like I was. But it's been great. If you all want to reach out to me, uh, you can find me, at Justin Jackson, at Bugobble. Uh That's my Twitter handle, and that is uh, B-U-G-O-B-B-L-E. And if you're wondering, that's when an see, elk bugle, turkey's gobble. When an elk reads a turkey, you get a bugobble. <laughs> it's the wildest sounding uh, <laughs> sound you've ever heard in the uh, the wild, I promise you. But uh, thanks for listening. Uh, keep watching the show. I promise you it's just going to keep getting better and better with each and every episode. And uh, let's see who uh, comes out uh, victorious. Thanks again. Thanks again.